0: Broadcasting from the campus of Loyola University, it's 887 WLUW, Chicago Sound Alliance. There's no Thrilled
1: to be here. Welcome in to the Sunday Sports Shootout here on 88.7 WLUW Chicago Sound Alliance. I'm your host, Nick Schultz, as always, and we have so much to get to. You know, I had a whole rant ready to go. Not even 20, not even, I don't even think it was 12 hours ago. I was all set. I had a full-on rant ready to go. And the Bulls decided that they were going to make me throw it in the garbage lot to get to. Sox made a big signing. The Bears are the Bears. And I don't know what else I don't know what else can be said there. The Cubs made a trade for cash considerations. The Hawks are the Hawks. But the Bulls are our lead. Phone lines are open. 773-508-9589 that's 773-508-W L U W. If you have Any opinion at all on anything, and if you're like me, you have a lot of opinions, feel free to give me a call. I was trying to think of something fun I could start the show with to kind of set the table, something not really sports related, kind of like a cool story from the week, but not sure if I have anything. That's my computer. I don't think I have anything because I am just so, I'm still in shock over what happened in Charlotte last night. I'm still in shock over the last 48 hours for the Bulls. But last night, wow. I was at work at NBC Sports Chicago, and I was in the newsroom. We had a busy day at the station yesterday. We had the Bulls. We had the Blackhawks. We had high school lights. High school lights at 11 o'clock. Busy day. So I'm sitting in the newsroom. Waiting around because I was going to run teleprompter for high school lights. Seeing how the Blackhawks game was going. And I'm watching the Bulls game. To give you an idea of how last night's game went if you missed it. And if you did, you shouldn't have missed it. The Bulls led by 14 in the first half. They then trailed by as as much as 12 in the second half. And it was at that point that I'm sitting there going, okay, game over. All right, we're done here. Nothing to see. Same old Bulls blowing a lead. But Zach Levine took over. And Zach Levine went off for 49 points, new career high. Zach Levine hit 13 threes. Zach Levine also hit the game-winning three-pointer falling backward with .8 seconds remaining in the game. It was an insane Ending and I wish I would have had like my phone out taking a voice memo of where I was in the newsroom because the a, NBC Sports Chicago has the Bulls Outsiders and it's it's Matt Peck, John Sabine, David Watson. They are hysterical. If you don't after the post after the post game show, watch the Bulls Outsiders. If you don't know what the Outsiders are, they're fans. That's why they're called the Outsiders. They're not reporters. They are fans. They watch the games in the green room. And they react to it. They go Facebook Live, everything. It's it's really fun. I'm in the newsroom, and you just hear the whole newsroom just you. There's different delays on the TV, so you hear one part of it start cheering, you hear another part start cheering, you hear me just go whoo, falling back in my chair, and all of us. And then about two seconds later, you hear from the green room all the yelling and celebrating and everything. I can't even begin to like describe what it was like. I still just cannot fathom what I saw. It was an incredible performance by Zach Levine. Oh, you what do you think I was going to be positive about the Bulls? Are you kidding me? Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. It's not that not that imp- not that easy, not that simple. <laughs> no. It was a great game last night. Because Zach Levine had a career night. Here's the scoring breakdown for the one and only Chicago Bulls. Zach freaking Levine, 49 points. Kobe White, 28 points. Wendell Carter, 17. Tomas Sadoransky, 10. Those are the only four guys in double digits. Lowry Markkinen. Three points. Shaq Harrison, no points. Didn't take a shot. He got one rebound. He gave out three assists. It was not a good team performance last night. The Bulls scored 13 points in the third quarter. They scored more points in the fourth quarter than they did in the second and third combined. And part of that was because of Zach Levine. Now all this is going on. We didn't know how this game was going to go yesterday. Because the day before, the Bulls got their rear ends handed to them by the Miami Heat. Do not go based off this score. They lost 116-108. to It was not that close. I cannot remember the last time I was that ticked off at a Bulls game. It was horrible. Again, they lost by eight, but it was not an eight-point game. The bench outscored the starters. The starters had a, I thought I had the breakdown in front of me, and I don't, so I've got to do quick math. 25, 40, 46, 46 points from the starters, okay? Remember that number. The starters scored 46. The bench scored 62. Now, I'm all for having depth, and you heard old Jimmy Boylan. You heard him come out and say, oh, I want to develop the bench. That's what I want to do, and they're and, and going to develop. The bench is definitely developed if they're outscoring their starters by that much. 62 to 40. 62 to what I say? 46? 62 46 was the difference. Are you? that? That's not good, and I know there are times the bench is gonna outscore the starters. If it was like a, like a forty-five to forty-four outscoring, I would not, I wouldn't be mad about that. Could be like, okay, that's good. But the fact that Lowry, Marketing, Wendell Carter, and Tomas Sadoransky didn't get into double digits, and you've got guys like Ryan, Archie Diacono hitting ten. That's not good. I'm in the lead. That Heat game was bad. We all know it. It was not good. After the game is where the real fun started. Let's backtrack to give a little context. The first quarter, the Bulls were down 15 nothing. So what does Jim Boylan do? He pulls Zach Levine. That's it. Only Zach. He only pulled Levine. Well, after the game, Jumbo was asked about that. And he talked about how there were three egregious mistakes that Zach made. I went back and looked. There was one. So Boylan called out Zach. Well, Zach was available in the locker room. And let's just say Zach didn't mince words. He... Felt he was singled out, which he was. He felt that it was being pinned on him, even though it was a team, even though it was a team effort, or not team effort. It, it, it should have fallen on all five guys on the court, because like Zach, as he put it in third person, Zach Levine gave up thirteen points. Like that, there was tension, and I'm sitting there. As I was working Friday night too. I'm sitting there going, give me the popcorn. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> this is great. That's when I was starting to plan my rant about the bulls. And I had it all set. And that's a game last night. I turned to Layla Rahimi and I go I "Have to scrap my whole rant. And she said, Yes, you do. Because Zach responded incredibly well last night. Credit to Zach Levine. We've got a caller. I think. Is it still lighting up? Oh, yeah, there it goes. Sometimes, sometimes it does that where it just flashes, and it won't be anybody. But credit to Zach Levine for that performance last night. I am not crediting anyone else. Lawrence Holmes, who's over at the score, and he works at NBC Sports Chicago, had a great tweet, and I retweeted it. It went like this only problem with the Bulls' win tonight is that they're going to hold it up as a sign of progress instead of the incredible individual performance that it was. Thank you, Lawrence Holmes. Lawrence speaking facts right there. That's why I gave him a retweet. That was not a good team performance. Zach Levine scores 25 points at his average, the Bulls don't win that game. But because he went off for 49 and had a career night and hit the buzzer beater, That's what we're talking about. Wonder who's on the line. Hello, caller. You're on WLUW. What's going on, (laughs) Daryl? No, not yet. Well, I'd be better if I didn't have to Plan out my entire show twelve hours beforehand. <laughs> I had a whole I literally had a I had a piece of paper that had notes written down like an exclamation point here, angry phase here. Crumple it up, throw it in the garbage. Yeah. Nuggets from his notebook. I love that. Mm Mhm. Oh yeah. I've been, I've wanted to do that in the past and I've been told like people don't want to read that because we're a newspaper, not a sports outlet, obviously, but that's, that's much easier. Do yourself a favor. Go ahead. Do yourself a favor and find the video of the Charlotte Home broadcast from last night. Have you seen it? Did you hear the announcer? You did what? What what's a tape? I don't know what a tape is. <laughs> There you go. See, now you're speaking millennial language here. As a resident millennial here, I have to keep you on track. I don't even know. Sometimes I'm. Sometimes I'm a millennial. Sometimes I'm not. I'm, I just do what they tell me. I don't know. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Mm-hmm
1: Did... Did you hear the call? Oh, okay. So you heard the the Charlotte announcers call of that final play. Is that not one of the greatest things you've ever heard? Yeah, Stacey King's was great too. Yeah, Stacey King had a great call. He's like, "Stop it, Zach Levine!" Like it was it was one of the best Stacey calls I've ever heard. It was great. But how was it being there though? Like I know you told me you were there and. I'm like thinking to myself, like when they went down fourteen, I'm like, okay, well or twelve or whatever they were down. Like, okay, they're done. How was it being there when Zach hit the shot? Twelve. They were up fourteen. They were they were up fourteen in the second. They were down twelve in the third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I mean, if you were here right now, I'd be shaking your hand because I put on my Facebook page last night, this is a direct quote, I'm not one to constantly rip a coach. I try to find at least some positives. And you did the show with me. You know I don't usually rip a coach that much. It's time we quit saying the Bulls are underperforming and call it what it is. The Bulls have a coaching problem. This roster is a playoff-caliber roster, is it not? Eight seed, the eight seed. That, that's what I'm saying. Eight seed. I don't. I'm not talking about winning a playoff series. I'm not talking about getting to the mountaintop, which is apparently making the playoffs in Boylan language. I'm talking about this roster. Could this roster should be the eight seed in the Eastern Conference at at least, right? It goes back to the top. I am sick and tired of the constant cliches and the constant, oh, this is on the players. They're not playing hard enough. No, this is on Jim Boylan. And I said, first thing I said after that game last night, I turned to my producer and I said, let us not distract from the fact that Jim Boylan still needs to be fired. No, it's not. And I'm looking at these comments on Darnell's... uh, Nuggets. I found yours and I was scrolling through. Who's this clown that says? I'm not even gonna say his first name on here. Who is this clown that says? Got to get boiling last night's win. No way. Zach has that game without the benching. He's seriously? Yeah. Maybe, but even so, but the fact that he hasn't responded saying he was like, you've got to be kidding about that. That cannot be a legitimate no. oh, yeah, I hear these people defending, like, defending Boylan. And I'm like, no, this guy's the issue. This guy's the problem. Fred Hoiberg could win with this roster. And you, and right, and I don't, I don't know if you heard me say before uh, John turned your mic up that if Zach Levine has an average night last night, he scores twenty five points, they lose. You don't win that game without Zach Levine having a career night, and it does not. That benching does not matter. No, the benching was a whole different issue, and I love Boylan talk like, oh yeah, we're good, we got trust. No, you don't. I'll have what he's having. There is no trust between Jim Boylan and Zach Levine right now. This is the third time we've seen these two butt heads. Something is wrong. No. Did you read Vincent Goodwill's story on Yahoo Sports? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Vinny got some really good quotes. <laughs> yeah. The Yeah, the the quotes are the most important thing. Yeah. That that can't happen and that goes this is the problem starts at the top with this stuff. You cannot be having your players go out there and talk to the media. Like you said, this needs to be handled in-house. Like, as someone in the media, like, trust me, it's great for clicks. Don't get me wrong. But as a coach, you don't want your players spewing off to the media about it. You want to handle that one-on-one. And that's why Don't blame. I don't blame Zach for going to the media. I blame Boylan for the lack of discipline here. Like, what's going on? That's a name I haven't heard in a while.
0: Ha 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 ha.
1: No, he doesn't. You know, I at least had respect for Fred Hoiberg. I didn't really agree with him as a coach, but I respected the hell out of the guy. I don't respect Jim Boylan. It's now an ongoing like joke in the control room at my internship. I run the teleprompter for Jason Goff during the postgame show. And we always have Jim Boylan's press conference, wherever he's at, whether it's home or away. And one of the other uh, assistant producers is back there running the graphics. And she'll usually turn to me because she'll hear me start laughing at the guy because... And I said something the other day. I'm like, what, is it obvious I don't like this guy? And uh, she turned to me and goes, you don't like him? No, I would have never guessed that. It's I can't even hide it anymore because of the cliches and everything. Just, even his, Even last night after a great victory like that, he still managed to take me off at the press conference. How? Oh, he was just talking about, like, I'm really proud of Zach. Like, I'm happy for him. Like, you, you literally were not getting along 24 hours ago. Like. Don't tell me because he had a good game. You guys are now real. You guys are buddy-buddy. Now this is all fixed. No, 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 no. Yes. That's why... uh, Have you seen the box score? Did you see the box score from last night? Like the scoring breakdown? I'll read read it. I'm going to read it again because I read it earlier, but it's just so staggering that I'm reading it again. So Zach had 49. We all know. Kobe White had 28 off the bench. He had 28. Wendell Carter had 17. Tomas Sadaransky had 10. Those are the only guys in double digits. They scored 116 points. Yeah, they scored 47 in the fourth. They scored 116 for the game with four guys in double digits. Again, Zach Levine has an average night. They lose, and it's not close. He had a double-double. He had 17-11. I didn't realize that. No, I'm saying I didn't realize that until I looked at the box score this morning. I didn't realize he had 11 boards. I thought they did. Yeah, I thought they had it. I thought they had it locked up too. And I wasn't even—I wasn't even playing the game. I was just watching on TV. And by the way, you're listening to the Sunday Sports Shootout here on eighty-eight point seven WOEW with Nick Schultz and Daryl Horowitz on the phone from Charlotte. He was at the game last night, the Zach Levine game, as I'm going to call it. I'm sure I'm not the only one doing that. But you—you talked Oh man, you're gonna sit through that you know what you know what I'm gonna do after the show you know what I'm gonna do after the show today I don't have any I don't have any meetings to go to you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna go home I'm gonna turn my radio to 780 and I'm gonna take me a nap. I'm not even gonna bother watching the Bears game. Sure. Why do I have a hunch you're talking about Buddy Ryan? I'm going to guess it was Rex. Oh, tell me. I'm curious. Oh, no. I don't either. A hundred and ten percent. The play calling this year is so different than it was last year. Where's the Santa Slay? Where's the Willy Wonka? Where's the fun? He's not having fun anymore. Like last year he was having fun and he was succeeding. This year there's there's no fun. It looks like they're playing stiff. It doesn't help that Akeem Hicks is hurt. Yes. My last last thought for you is four words. I have four words. Run the damn ball. That's it. That's all I'm (laughs) going to say. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not just saying that because I got David Montgomery in fantasy. But So get to your bar. I hope you enjoy the game. I hope the game's enjoyable because I'm going to sleep through it because I'm (laughs) I'm taking a well-deserved nap. Right, and and the money. Yeah, you too. Take it easy. I'll talk to you soon. All right, you too. Have fun today. Bye. All right, that is Daryl in Charlotte, former co-host of the show. He was at the Bulls game last night, and sounds like I'm not the only one that's partially blaming Matt Nagy for the Bears' struggles instead of just blaming Mitch. Phone lines are back open, 773-508-9589. 773 508 WLUW. I think we hit everything on the Bulls. It was a really good Bulls discussion. But now let, let, let's build off the Bears. Let's keep talking about the Bears. Last week, Bears played the Rams. It was a winnable game last week. Eddie Pinheiro missed two field goals, had bad flashbacks. But late in the game, they were down. I think. What were they down? Three or something like that. I don't even. I don't even remember. Cause that the score wasn't important. What was important was. I walked into the kitchen to grab myself something to eat, cause I'm a college student. I get hungry all the time. That's just the way it goes. I walk back in, and Chase Daniel is on my television. And I I sit I sit down just like wait a minute, why why is Chase Daniel on my TV right now? And even and Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth were also like, we have nothing on Mitchell Trubisky. We don't know why he's out of the game. We have not heard anything from Bears PR. Well, it turns out that Mitch suffered a quote-unquote hip pointer in the second quarter and couldn't play the fourth quarter. Now, the post-game press conference was interesting because Matt Nagy said I want to say, immediately after the game, I don't think he could pinpoint a play, but Monday he found the play. But Nagy was talking about how he didn't, there was some disconnect somewhere, in more ways than one, because I think Nagy said second quarter after the game, and Mitch said second half after the game, of when the injury happened. I think Mitch said something like, it was sometime the second half, and someone said quarter. Yeah, second quarter, sorry. Wait a minute here, I know Mitch isn't good with the media. But that that no, that can't happen. So, Trubisky was out with a hip pointer apparently, but you know he was a full participant in practice this week, and he's a, he's full go today against New York on the lakefront at noon. I don't know what's going on with the Bears, and I'm I can't believe that this season has turned into what it is. I came into this year predicting the Bears, to win the Super Bowl. I said it on these airways. I was in that chair instead of this chair. I said it on these airways. The Chicago Bears will win the Super Bowl over the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I don't know if they're even going to make the playoffs because the play calling stinks. The quarterback is mediocre at best. The defense is on the field so long, they're getting worn down. It doesn't help that Akeem Hicks is out. Khalil O'Mack didn't show up on the stat sheet last week. He didn't have anything against LA I have no idea what is going on with the beloved Chicago Bears 773-508-9589 give me a call we'll talk some football and if you want to keep talking about the bulls i have i can keep going about the bulls but i also want to we'll i'll save a little extra time at the end in case i decide i want to go off on any other any other tangents How about the Chicago White Sox this week? I was in class learning about the New Testament and the Bible, learning about Jesus. My professor has a rule that no computers, just take notes longhand and no phones, blah, blah, blah. Well, your boy has an Apple Watch so I can keep up on all the alerts and everything. And as I'm sitting there in class at about 11 o'clock, this would have been on Tuesday, I think. It's either Tuesday or Thursday. Then I get an alert that says Yasmani Grandal has signed with the White Sox for four years and 73 million bucks. And I stop and I go, wait a minute. That Yasmani Grandal signed with those White Sox? And I tweeted this. And if you don't follow me on Twitter, follow me, Nick Schultz underscore seven. I tweeted. I don't know what's more surprising, the fact that the Sox signed Grandal, or the fact that the Sox spent money. Because I know we heard that the plan was that the Sox are going to spend money this off-season. Well, my response to that was, my plan was to pull a 4.0 GPA and not have to and not stress out one bit about anything. My plan isn't working out. Sorry, mom. So I, it was one of those things I had to see to believe that the White Sox were going to spend money. Now that they have, and then they signed. and, and then later they signed Jose Abreu, they re-signed him to. I want I want to get this right. Three years, fifty million. I like the Grandal deal. I do. I'm not sure about that Abreu one. I love bringing him back. Do not get me wrong. I've said all offseason, the Sox need to bring back Jose Abreu. And Jose Abreu said he would even sign himself if that's what it took to stay on the south side. So why three years, $50 million for a 30-plus-year-old first baseman that would have been on the team for a qualifying offer. You would have stayed on for that. If you're going to spend money, why not allocate that money somewhere else? But I love the idea of bringing a you back. I, that no qualms about that. And the signing of Yasmani Grandal. I my first question was what do you do with James McCann? But that was also a lot of people's first question on the radio. And they were making fun of him. But let's talk about James McCann. James McCann is now a backup. But he can also DH. So there's a couple ways you can go. One, you can keep him as the backup catcher DH. Because you need two competent catchers. There's no catcher in the game that catches 162 games. I can't imagine how much stress that would be on the knees. So back up catcher DH or trade him. He'd be a really attractive trade candidate. But then you got to rely on Zach Collins as your number two catcher. And after after doing my due diligence, not sure that'd be the best idea. If your window of opportunity is opening. But speaking of catchers as trade candidates, does this mean Wilson Contreras is more likely to be traded now? that Yasmani Grandal is off the market. I said on these airwaves, before it was even brought up on social media, that the one that's going to be traded off this Cubs team, it's not Chris Bryant. It's definitely not Javi Baez. It's Wilson Contreras. And it sucks to say, but I think Contreras is going to be the odd man out because he's not a great defensive catcher. He's a great hitter. And there's trade value there. So Contreras' trade value might have just gone through the roof. Because grandala's is off the market. But we'll see. 773-508-9589. 773-508-WUW. I'm on here for about 15 more minutes if you want to chime in. Hey, the Cubs made a trade yesterday. They made a a trade. The Cubs yesterday acquired right-handed pitcher Jarrell Cotton from the Athletics for a cash consideration. Has anyone heard of Jarrell Cotton? If you haven't, don't worry because I hadn't either. Let me tell you something. About this guy that the Cubs got. He played for the A's. But he also was not very good for the A's. Reason why? He had Tommy John. So of course he's not going to be great. He was designated for assignment on Wednesday. And that's who the Cubs got. One reply where I want to find. I got to make sure I get this one right. One of the replies to the Cubs tweet announcing the trade cracked me up. Oh, it's not going to show up, is it? It was making fun of the fact that cash considerations got traded. And uh, I'm not going to be able to find it on here. Ah, forget it. It was funnier before when it showed up on there. But basically someone said, I'm going to miss cash considerations. He was very valuable to the organization. Here we go. Cash consideration stats were small sample size and heard he was not a good clubhouse guy. That's funny. That's a, That's a good tweet. Too bad it came from someone without an avatar, so I'm not sure where it came from. So the Cubs did that. But I, just, I still just can't get over that the White Sox sign is Monty Grandal. Because they're serious now. Someone compared, I think it was Bruce Levine on 670, the score, compared this to the John Lester signing. A couple differences there. One, Lester's a pitcher. I know that sounds like a really, like, oh, he plays a different position. That's why it's different. No, no, I'm talking about it from... John Lester's a, a pitcher who, frankly, would be more valuable for the money. And the leadership is, they're, they're different. They're different signings, but I get where Bruce was coming from. Because it does show that the Sox are serious about contending. Maybe not in 2020. But 2021, if that window isn't wide open... I'm going to be very concerned. So, big things happen on the south side. Now, the Sox need a right fielder. Man, this is... I can't believe I'm saying this. Go get Nicholas Castellanos. There, I said it. I want him to come back to the Cubs, but I don't think that's going to happen. Go get Nicholas Castellanos, Rick Hahn. Go get him. That would be my fix. But, hey, I'm not in charge, and they're spending money. So who knows what's going to happen. 773-508-9589, 773-508-WLUW. I got 12 more minutes on here, I would love to hear from you. I'll... Nine of you listening on the stream. So a lot going on in Chicago sports. A lot going on. I'm still... It's been 49 minutes since the show started and just even talking about the Zach Levine game last night. And... If you've listened to the show all season, you know that I am not a Jim Boylan fan by any means. I don't think he knows what he's doing. I've said it over and over again, he's not taking this team anywhere. Literally nowhere. They are not getting to the playoffs, even though they clearly have a playoff caliber roster. And I'm not talking a roster that will win the NBA Finals. We know that that's not what's going to happen. I'm talking about a roster that can get the eighth seed in the East. And from there, you can start building it in building Chicago into a destination. But here we are, and I wish I'd had more time to ask Daryl this before he had to go. Are the Bulls the laughing stock of the league outside of Chicago? I asked my roommate that last night. He's a Cavs fan, so I'm not sure. But are the Bulls the laughing stock of the league? I would I would guess they are because the you listen to this guy talk and you're just you're sitting there going, What are you talking about? And like I said earlier, Boylan and Levine were butting heads twenty four hours before Levine's shot went in. And all of a sudden you hear Boyle and go, I trust, yeah, I'm happy for him. I'm really happy for him. That doesn't... One win where the guy has a career night will not automatically fix things with your coach, or at least it shouldn't. You benched him in the first quarter the night before, and now you're talking about how happy you are for him because he went off for 49 points? Come on, Jim. And... This was, that I can't say it enough. It's not a team win. I, I really hope someone checks on Zach's back today from carrying that team. Because that's what he did. He put the team on his back. And got them, I'm going to use Jimbo's phrase, he got them to the mountaintop. They won. In dramatic fashion. This season can now go one of two ways. You can... Build off this game, build off the fire that Zach brought and the energy that Zach brought, and turn this season around. Or it could be a fluke, and you just start tanking for Cole Anthony. You cannot believe that after sitting through media day and hearing John Paxson and Gar Foreman and Boylan talk about making the playoffs, and I'm sitting here throwing out the T-word. Yes, they should be shooting for the playoffs this year. I'm tired of tanking. But right now, you're 6-11. and 11, And your schedule has consisted of... The Hornets, twice. The Grizzlies, which was a good win. Toronto. The Knicks, which still has me ticked off that they lost to the Knicks. The Cavaliers... The Pistons, the Pacers, the Lakers, who were up by 19 by, or you were up nineteen on the Lakers. Atlanta, which was a good game, but Trey Young was coming back from injury. Houston, which you also had a chance to take a lead in. The Knicks again, they came back and won that one. Milwaukee, which they probably should have won. The Nets, again, probably should have won. They were without Kyrie Irving. They were without Karis Levert the bucks again, which that one wasn't as close. Detroit again, the Miami game where you got embarrassed, and a Charlotte game which you shouldn't have won. This team should not be 6 and 11 right now. That record could easily be 13 and 4. Because you probably should have lost to the Lakers, you should have beat the Lakers, but if You're objectively speaking, before the season, you probably should have lost to them. But again, they were up. They had a big lead. and (sighs) I cannot fathom that I'm thinking about the T-word with a team that was using the P-word at media day. Tanking and playoffs. Oh, man. Like I sat there after that game last night just going, this is an incredible win. I feel like I, I was, I can't remember the last time I was that excited about the way a Bulls game ended. But I just can't help thinking, where do you go from here? You've got Melo and the Blazers coming to town on Monday. And the Blazers are 0-3 with Carmelo. So we'll see how that one goes. But where do you go from here? How do you respond after a game like that? That game could be season changing. That could have changed the course of the year. Maybe they will build off of it. Maybe there will finally be a Sunday where I come in here and I am not upset about the freaking Bulls. I've done the show solo now for what? Well, What is it? two months roughly since I took over the show for after Daryl moved somewhere along those lines when's the last time I came in here and was happy about the Bulls the correct answer is never because they had taken me off all season long between their coach speaking in nothing but coach speaking cliches He's not being, he's throwing his players under the bus before accepting responsibility, even though he's the problem. Something has to change. I don't, that, last night's game, enjoy it. I'm not taking that for granted one bit because that was one of my favorite Bulls games I've watched in recent memory. Should they have won? No. But to win the way they did with Zach Levine putting the team on his back, I can't I can't be mad about I can't be mad at Zach. But it was not a team win. I've got four minutes left. The Bears play in four minutes. So let's see what Vegas is saying about the Bears game today against the New York football giants out at Soldier Field. Bears are six and a half point favorites over under a 40 and a half. I don't know. I think the Bears are going to win. The Bears should win today. They should win today. This is not a good Giants team. And I swear, if the Giants, if, I don't want to think about it, but if the Giants end up winning today, If I turn on the Les Grobstein show tonight, score overnight, and I hear one person say, oh, we should have taken Daniel Jones over Trubisky, stop it because I know that's what's going to happen. I've already seen some of it on Twitter. We're like, oh, we we need Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones. No, 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 no. No. Stop yourselves. Let's see what happens today. They lose today. No pressure or anything, but if you lose today, your season's over. I mean, it's basically already over. But if you lose today, your season is, without a doubt, over. In the NFC North, the Bears are four games out of first place. Packers are 8 and 2, the Bears are 4 and 6. Remember when the Packers were the big question mark this year? Everyone was like, "Oh, how are the Packers going to do? You know, they got the new coach in. How's he going to how's he going to vibe with Aaron Rodgers? How's the dynamic going to be?" Looks like they're doing just fine. The Bears are on the struggle bus. But hey, at least they're not in last. That's reserved for the Detroit Lions. But at four and six, only a miracle can save the Bears. And I've seen it I mean I've seen stranger things happen. Who knows? I'm not optimistic. I can tell you that much right now. I'm more optimistic the Bulls will make the playoffs than the Bears will. There, I said it. Been holding that in for fifty eight minutes now. I am more optimistic that the Chicago Bulls will make the playoffs before the Chicago Bears this year. I'm running out of time, but I think I hit everything I wanted to. Thanksgiving is coming up on Thursday, so I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. I'm going home to be with the family. I'm going home Tuesday. I'm coming back up for work on Friday, which means I will be here next week. And Let me tell you, we're going to watch Bears-Lions on Sunday. Or on Sunday. Wow. Bears-Lions on Thursday. And I can only hope I'm not going to be sitting there yelling at the television in front of my grandmother. Wouldn't be the first time because she just got in from North Carolina this morning. So it wouldn't be the first time she's heard me yelling. We got someone calling in, but we're out of time, so I don't think I can take it. But hopefully next week, I keep saying this, hopefully next week I'm in a little bit better of a mood and I'm not ticked off at the Bulls or the Bears or anything. I want to come in and be happy for a change. I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. I will talk to you next week for all of us here at the Sunday Sports Shootout. I'm Nick Schultz. Have a great week, and again, happy Thanksgiving.